Blog Talk Radio. Radio Nation, you are tuned into page one. I am LeVar. It is Friday. It is National Margarita Day. <laughs> oh, I am pretty sure most of you have already started, or you're going to be starting at 5 o'clock. But then again, it's 5 o'clock somewhere, right? Well, we are here. Uh, just a reminder for all of you who are either new listeners or old listeners, we are in a variety of places you can catch us on Twitter at News Comment BTR, News Comment Blog Talk Radio, News Comment BTR on Twitter. We are also on Facebook at News and Comment Network Blog Talk Radio. We are on iTunes, and you can find us in a variety of places. And of course, as always, every Friday, I am joined by my lovely co host, Mary. What's going on? Not a whole lot. How are you? Doing all right, doing all right, letting the folks know where we're at. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess this first story, normally I save like the good stories for the end. I know that's it's bad, but this one's a little uh, interesting this week because uh, when I came across this, I think I told Mary about this about a couple weeks ago, lost the article, couldn't find it, and then I found it. This takes a long setup, so work with me here. This article came... Um, and it said, why women cheat? Now, a lot of times when you hear of relationships that kind of go south, majority of times it's probably because of something that the guy did. And a lot of times people fail to see that sometimes it could be the woman who actually cheated. And this person wrote a study, or they did studies, on why it happens, and it says most studies suggest that somewhere between 10 to 20 percent of men and women in marriages and other committed monogamous relationships will cheat on their partner at some point. That's still too high of a number, and it's a disturbing number. And it says, while it cultural is. stereotypes inform us that it's mostly men who cheat on their wives or girlfriends or not the other way around, clinical research uh, concretely details that near bu- nearly as many women cheat as men. And it says, why does the stereotype of men being the cheaters prevail? goes through a ton of things, and it says Western cultural stereotypes are more forgiving of a man having recreational sex uh, versus how we tend to view a woman. Uh, the generally more fragile male ego leads men's thoughts away from even considering they might be cheated upon, and men engage in more sexual offenses than do women, perhaps giving the suggestion that men in general are more likely to sexually act out. Um, then another one said uh, women are better at cheating and hiding it than men, and then it says men are more likely to get caught when cheating. But, cultural assumptions aside, the actual reasons women most commonly give for relationship infidelity are quite different than those reported by men who are doing the same thing. And there was a survey by Undercover Lovers, a UK-based uh, extramarital dating site, 
It surveyed 4,000 of its members, approximately 2,000 men, 2,000 women, about their cheating habits. Among the female cheaters, 57% said they felt love for the man with whom they were having an affair. But in fairly stark contrast, only 27% of the men surveyed said they loved their mistress. Now, as indicated by the informal survey, women who cheat are more likely to want and or need an intimate emotional bond with their affair partner, even simply to believe that they have such a bond, though the man may feel differently. Now, the article kind of goes on into different things, and it says why women cheat, and I'll go through the five lists without going into details. It says she feels underappreciated, neglected, or ignored. She craves intimacy. She's bored and or lonely. She never feels fully loved and appreciated, and she has an intimacy disorder. We'll go into that in a few minutes, but you read this study. I did. Were you surprised by no. the reasons, or does it make sense? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm surprised that, that, well, no, I'm not surprised at any of it, actually. No, I'm not really surprised. I mean, humans will be humans. We're not really set up to be monogamous. I mean, not mo- not many monkeys are, if you think of it that way. If you think that, you know, um, we fell out of the sky from religious whatever, then we aren't set up to be monogamous that way either. Um, but am I surprised by it? No. Would I practice any of that? No. But the the thought has crossed my mind. I'm not going to lie. I mean, there's been times in a monogamous relationship where... I felt either unloved or underappreciated or or a million other emotional things that there were times when I looked out at the sea of people that were appreciating me going, hmm, I wonder what that'd be like. Did I act about it? No. I'm, I'm one of those people that will not do that. Um, but others will. So, no, it's not surprising, I guess. No. No, I think, and and and, and I, I agree with you totally about the thing about people not being appreciated and then kind of looking towards others that actually do appreciate them from afar. But I guess in that question, too, and I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lovely game by Parker Brothers. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's the question. Now, there are people when that does happen, or if there are guys that that happens to them, the question may be they'd be like, "Well, I gave her the world, and I did this, and I worked hard, and blah 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 blah." And if she didn't feel appreciated, you know, I didn't know it. But could it also be that uh, I guess people at that point, when they're in relationships for a while, and it can happen, would you also say that some people think? that they're not appreciated due to the fact that the other person has now kind of taken what they had for granted. They may appreciate them, and they may love them to death, but they take it for granted after a while because, you know, hey, we've been together for two years, and she's not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. You know, we're like an old married couple, except we're not. We're in a relationship. Is it something something true to the effect that people – Pretty much the same way you got them is the way that you have to keep them? I think so. I mean, having been someone who's been in a a long relationship, I'm talking a decade, you know, over a decade, it didn't fall apart until we forgot what kept us together. 
And when it fell apart, it fell apart huge. Because it wasn't the, I wanted to do that. It was more along the lines of, I did it because I didn't think you noticed. And the little things that you didn't notice that you used to started adding up. So, yeah, absolutely. If you want to be in love with somebody, if you if you love somebody as much as you say you do, you will continue to do the things that you've always done. You shouldn't change just because all of a sudden now they're here. They're not going anywhere. Unfortunately, it goes the, the sword cuts both ways. You're here. You're not going anywhere. It's so easy to fall into a routine and take for granted that you're here. You're not going anywhere. It, it that it cuts both ways, it really does, and that sucks. And that's why I said I don't think we're built correctly to do that. I think there are people who are built correctly to be monogamous, and I'm not saying that it's it's an impossibility, but it takes work, and some people have just forgotten how to do that, how well, to work that. Now, this guy in this article, he also kind of said, I mean, pretty much. <laughs> maybe I'm reading it wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. But a main thing to it, at the end of the day, for the woman, it pretty much kind of all came down to sex is the reason why they strayed. Now, I'm going to read an article here, and like I said, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going to read a paragraph here. It says, in truth, some women cheat because they receive little sex or physical intimacy from their spouse. After all, healthy adult women enjoy the physical act of sex as much as men do. They're not martyrs, and a sexless relationship may not be acceptable for some, even if the lack of sexual interaction is due to the male partner's medical or related issues. For these women, going outside the relationship for sex may be a logical, even healthy answer. That said, women also enjoy the feelings of being wanted, needed, and desired their part, uh, that partner's sexuality can invoke. And a woman is more likely to break her vow of monogamy because she's seeking this type of emotional connection well, then for purely sexual reasons, but he kind of put that in there, but he's like, nah, but not really. It's more emotional, but it's about the sex, too. You agree with that? Well, yeah. No, no, no. It's all about the sex. It really is. But the the difference is that women look at sex differently. Men can look at sex as just a physical act of sex. Now, I'm not saying all men, and I'm not saying that every man looks at sex that way, and that's the only way they look at it. But they're... There is, I don't know what it is, but the switch in the brain that says, this is just sex. That's all it is. But do you think it's that's a glue? My sexual organs and your sexual organs having a happy dance. That's what it is. <laughs> but do you think that's a little hard, though, because some women don't feel that way about it. it. It's a tough thing, I think, for guys sometimes, because I think, you know, some women look at it as sex. They're like, oh, okay, you know. No, no, no. Women have that. Uh, women have that. Every 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 person has the ability to look at sex as just the happy dance between sexual organs, and that there's no emotions involved. What I'm saying is, more men have that ha- that switch turned on than women. Most women, even though they may be able to turn on that switch, most women have an emotional connection that they need to have fed too. They want to be touched. They want to be. There's not just sexual organs involved in doing the happy dance. They want the the whisper the 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 breathing in the ear the the lips on the skin they want the romantic novel you know they want I don't know what they want I don't I, I, there are times I when I know what I want I know what I want 
I want the romance. I want the, you know, the rose petals thrown on the bed, stuff. But then I'm also one of those people that I like the switch where it's just like it's a giggly, happy, our sexual organs are having the happy dance. That's what I'm, there are times when I turn that switch on. So every human is available to do that. I think I, it's, I think that men turn that switch on a lot more often than women do. I, I know somebody that tried the touching and the uh, kisses and stuff like that. Cops were called, and uh, apparently I guess it's not accepted in public. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, that got dropped. Uh, and the horse okay. didn't mind. <laughs> yeah. Or is it not mine at all? <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Um, but it's a very good article, uh, and it, it actually brings up a lot of good things, but it also drives home the point of a few things. But, uh, you know, it's the same with women as it is with men, I guess, at the end of the day, is that it comes down to actual caring about that person. You have to show at least, and it's not saying you got to kiss up to them 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but at least show that you care. Because the minute or tell you the don't, truth, don't yeah. cheat. Just say, hey, I don't feel it anymore. Yeah. Peace out. Because the minute that you don't, that's when things happen, feelings are hurt, and then there's a lot of uh, irreversible damage that's done. So, yeah. Great lessons don't to cheat, take people. Just tell the truth. You might yes. get the brick thrown at your face, but it's a lot less uh, damage than having uh, somebody want to cut your thingy off. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> there's or, my PSA for the day. Actually, there was a uh, incident that happened here, and I need to get the whole details of it. But I got the, the guy was breaking up with the woman, or something like that, or something was going wrong with the relationship. They were kissing each other, and she pretty much bit his tongue almost off. Um, not good. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, going from that to this <laughs> next story that actually brought up a very interesting thing, and um, I got this article from a site called Red Orbit. And it was an article on children and TV. And they said, well, it's safe to say that television has not always been seen as an appropriate companion for kids. For many years, health officials and child development experts have warned parents about the dangers of placing their children in front of the television for several hours a day. And now, new evidence has shown the question is shifting from how much to which programs. According to new studies from the University of Otago in New Zealand and the Center for Child Behavior, Behavior, and Development, Health Behavior and Development, I'll get that right, at Seattle's Children's Hospital. While limiting the amount of television watched is a good start, parents should also be careful about which programs their children watch. Now, the University of Otago study, which was led by Professors Bob Hancock and Lindsay Robertson, has been published in the Journal of Pediatrics. The study, now this is what killed me, and I, was, I had to read the article twice, but the study followed a group of 1,000 children born in Dunedin, New Zealand between 1972 and 1973. It took that long for the study to get out. In the 10 years when these kids were between 5 and 15 years of age, researchers followed up um, biannually or uh, biannually to measure how much television they watched. Now, by the numbers, those kids who watched more television were more likely to be antisocial and in some cases end up with a criminal conviction of some sort. Now, according to uh, Professor Hancock, the possibility of criminal conviction grew by 30%. With every hour of television a child watched in an average weeknight, the study also found that those children who watched more television saw an increased tendency to develop negative personality traits, antisocial personality disorders, and even a pattern of aggressive behavior. Now, they found that these children were not already prone to uh, criminal convictions or antisocial behavior due to socioeconomic status 
or pre-existing antisocial behaviors. It says, rather, children who watched a lot of television were likely to go on to manifest antisocial behavior and personality traits. And they're not saying that television causes all of it. Their findings do suggest that reducing TV viewing could go some way toward reducing rates of antisocial behavior in society. A couple of questions there. Now, you were the parent of a child, and I'm pretty sure they watched some TV. Oh, you God, no, this? my child never watches TV. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes, we watch TV. You agree with this? Sometimes even. You agree with this study, or do you think that it all depends on the kid, the family, and what happens along the way? I, I read this. I watch quite a, a bit, bit of TV. It's a little bit of both, unfortunately. Yeah, I, mean, I, know it, I know it's a little bit of both. Now, if you got them sitting there watching, like, Friday the 13th and, like, all these other slasher movies at a young age, yeah, they're going to think that that's all right. But we grew up in an era in which, no, I don't know about you, but I grew up in an era in which, yeah, you know, I watched TV at certain points of the day. You know, I watched when I came home from school after I finished my homework. I was able to watch, you know, my afternoon block. I watched He-Man, Thundercats, G.I. Joe, all that good stuff. And I watched some Saturday morning cartoons and some things on Saturday. I didn't grow up and I don't think I grew up antisocial. <laughs> <laughs> what is it now in which kids watching these shows, like I said, I understand if it's violent programming, because some of that can lead a young child who doesn't know any better towards doing what they see. But is it fair to entirely blame TV watching for this? <laughs> I don't think it's fair to blame all of it on TV. I don't. I don't think it's fair to blame all of it on the parents. What I do like to blame it all on is the idiocy of some of our children. And I'm including mine. Mine's not an idiot. I mean, <laughs> let's put that out there. Mine's not an idiot. She's actually, I actually talk to her about the shows and be like, okay, so what do you think about the show where, you know, the coyote's strapping a bomb to his back? Are you going to try that? And she'll be like, this is, this is fake, Mom. Okay, so I do check that she does live in reality. Um, I don't think <laughs> – there was a time when you didn't have to check on that. No. Like, I mean, you... when I watched the Wiley Coyote and the anvil falling from the sky, I really didn't think that you could actually paint something on the side of a rock and have people run into it. You know how many Tom and Jerry cartoons, hours of Tom and Jerry cartoons I've watched Thank and Looney Tunes cartoons? There's no oh. way in heck. You know, I still love the one where he has the hanger and the zoot suit. And but anyway, that's besides <laughs> the point. Absolutely. We watched violent cartoons it, by today's standards. Violent cartoons. I miss those. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Marvin the Martian getting blown up by his little kaboom thing. His P. Illudium space modulator. I miss those <laughs> cartoons. We were in a generation where our parents said, y'all know this is fake. And smacked us upside the head if we didn't. I think we got away from that. And I think that's part of the reason why. I think society is too soft on children and not hard enough on the parents. I think we've gotten soft on parents and, oh, they're just trying to do the best but they can. And, oh, my God, you know, the kids, they gotta, you got to make sure that they know it's safe. I'm sorry. The thing that was drawn on TV, I didn't really think you could strap a rocket to yourself and fly. I didn't even have to have somebody go, don't try this at home, okay? Mm-hmm. Whoever did ruined it for the rest of the generations beyond ours. I think it's the dumbing down of people. I, uh, kids are going to be antisocial no matter what. 
if you don't put them in social situations. So if all you're doing is popping them down in front of the TV and not telling them to get outside and play, yes, they're going to be antisocial. I don't think it's yeah. the TV's fault. If you plop them down in front of, with an iPad or an oh, my God, there was a baby with an iPhone. In the, in the, she's in the stroller, and the first thing they did, they started white, hand them an iPhone. Look, you know, bright colors. Oh, where are the children that need to play with that child? Why aren't you teaching them, like, social behavior? Yeah. I want to smack the parents. I can't. <laughs> I can't smack yeah. the child. It's not their fault. Even though I wanted to smack both, I wanted to take the child and take that iPhone and throw it. Seriously, people. <laughs> yeah. There no, was a I'm... time when parents actually looked at their children. There's a lot. I, there's going to be. I'm. I'm going to tell you right now. I can tell you every bump, bruise, mole, freckle, it cut, scar, color in the hair of my child. I look at my child. On a daily basis. And there are parents out there that do that, that still go by that. I know there are parents out there that could walk out with somebody else's kid and not know. <laughs> yeah, because they it, don't look up from their iPhone. Either that or if the child goes outside playing and they don't, you know, see what the child's wearing or if the child goes down the block and like, I guess they're down the block. And you're like, really? You don't yeah. know? I could not leave around the parameter of my house growing up. Without letting my mom know where I was going, and if she didn't know where I was going, she would go and meet the parent themselves, you know. Thank you. It, it you get drunk back by your earlobes. Pretty much. And it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I, there was a story of uh, a radio person, a personality here in Vegas, who was left to watch somebody else's child during a basketball game. Both <laughs> parents, there were two of them, both of them got up during halftime and left a five-year-old sitting in the stands of a basketball game with the thought that this complete stranger who's sitting next to them that's an adult will keep an eye on them. Wow. What? That's not... No! <laughs> Stupid parent award. You just yeah. won it. Oh, my God. <laughs> There are a lot of parents like that, and a lot of parents who are quick to pawn off their kids on other people, and they don't really oh, I'll think pawn about. I'm not working on anybody. I mean, my child. Yeah, if somebody's going to say, "Hey, your child's so great," I'd be like, "Hey, you want to watch it for five minutes so I can go pee?" <laughs> yes, I will pawn them off. <laughs> Trust me. Being able to pee on your own in a bathroom without having somebody knocking on the door every two seconds is a luxury. So yes, I will pawn off. However, <laughs> in situations like that, <laughs> I won't. You know? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Laugh well, at me all you want. You're not a of, you don't understand. Speaking of another good, interesting story that I saw here, a Cosmopolitan article says, Dating someone from work is such a double-edged sword. On one hand, it's natural to meet up someone at the office. You automatically have things in common and feelings, both good and bad. They're bound to develop when you spend so much time together in close quarters. And on the other hand, it can get super messy when one side breaks it off or when your romance becomes the subject of office gossip. And yes, there are a few who have dated someone at the office. 40% of workers polled in a recent survey admitted dating someone from the office at least once. Surprisingly, certain industries seem to inspire more intra-office relationship than others. Hospitality, information technology, finance, healthcare, and professional services. Amazingly, 30% of those involved in office romances end up getting married to their co-worker, so it can, according to the study, work out. 
question. Can it? Should you? And I guess you agree. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the third question, whatever that Yeah, I know. I, I forgot. You started it, it out like you were going to ha- yeah. ask a third question. I know. I, I had three good ones. Uh, can you? <laughs> yes. Does it work out sometimes? Should you? <laughs> I don't have a good answer for that one. Um, I am one of those people that were involved in a office romance that did work to a point. Um, the best thing that happened to us was that we stopped working together. Uh. Um, because that would have probably driven us completely insane. Like, we worked together for a while. We started dating. Then we stopped working in the same department. And then we stopped working in the same company. And that actually worked to our advantage. Because as we got closer, our jobs got further apart. So that was good. Um, it's, a tough, it's a tough road to walk. Yeah, yeah I was going to say absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a lot better that you don't have to work with somebody because then that's a lot of stress. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah, office romances it can be really hard because if you're a supervisor and they're you know below you, it really yeah. gets hard. Or you know, as long as you're on the same level, you can pretty much kind of hide it off if you can. But yeah, it 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 gets pretty tough. Real quick, um, Oscar Sunday, the fine folks at Grey Poupon are going to be bringing back their classic '80s commercial, and if all of you remember that uh, question here. If you could, and you've got probably 60 seconds to answer this, if you could bring back any old commercial for present day, which one? The, the Grey Poupon commercial is the best one. Are you kidding me? That's the one I would bring back. <laughs> <laughs> which one would you bring back? There's a lot of good ones, though. You know, I used to like the Miller Lite commercials. Tastes great, less filling. The you know the back there. You know what? They should also bring back the commercials for Simon. I want to see like <laughs> I want to see like new people probably do that one. They should bring back like some you know some good old toy commercials or some like you know game board commercials. You don't see too many of those anymore. You know you what they haven't for... done in a long time? This is just popped in my head when you said toy commercials. The the Toys R Us slogan. Yeah. The song. Something. You know, come on. Bring it back, something. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see those come back. They don't have too many. Uh, I, you know, I enjoy toy, toy commercials as much as the next person, but they used to have, like, some imagination to them, something. I don't know. I used yeah, to I know. like those. But we've got a couple of minutes left. Any shout-outs this week? I do not. Not this week. Although I do feel bad for the people that were involved in the shooting this the, the yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday? Yesterday. Um, so my thoughts and prayers go out to them. Um, but... No, no shout-outs. Definitely, definitely. Um, my shout-out this week, uh, here in Chicago, there is a brand-new indoor team uh, called the Kane County Dogs. Uh, their first game, uh, they are a brand-new franchise. Uh, first game tomorrow night, uh, 7 o'clock, at Seven Bridges Arena in Woodridge, Illinois, and the play-by-play person who will be doing games online for them through the CIFL football site, this fella. So you can listen in tomorrow night, uh, Kane County Dogs. Um, You can also see them on Twitter, Kane County Dogs, or they're on Facebook as well. So 
for more information, more details. So I'm excited. Uh, and uh, you're gonna have to let me know if they do the Who Let the Dogs Out because you know that's probably <laughs> songs on their mixer. <laughs> Uh, yes, I'll definitely let you know. So, I'm so, um, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> uh, Although he's wow. leaving me. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. He's we, cheating we, on me. No, we'll be here. This show will continue <laughs> on. Actually, next week uh, on our show, I've already got some good topics, and one that's going to be pretty controversial, uh, one Uh-oh. involving... One involving a gentleman who uh, it was known as the uh, Casanova Bandit, but it involves a question that I have, and think about it between now and next week, because Mary and I will have our thoughts about, if you are a good-looking person, is it fair or is it right to utilize your looks for gain? Something to think about this week. So, but... Um, <laughs> I have a Cheshire cat huh? in right now. The Cheshire Cat. I've got the grin. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's going to that's gonna be a very interesting uh, question for next week. So you see, this is the first. Already you got at least one topic. There's going to be a few other great topics next week to talk about between now and then. We'll give hints. Catch us over at News Comet BTR on Twitter. I can't thank you all enough for listening. And until next we meet, for Mary, I'm LeVar. You've been listening to Page One. Thanks for listening, everybody. Peace.